You are listening to episode 84 of the Playing Flout Podcast with Rita Hyland. 53% of women are currently reporting that they're suffering burnout because of work. I recently spoke to a group of established female leaders at a premier recruiting firm, and the conversation or topic that we were on was escaping the rush and the pressure and the pace that so many advancing female leaders are experiencing today. We discussed ways of moving into our most important work without having to give up our personal life to do it. The conversation since then has been both enlightening and consistent with what is happening for so many women who want to make work-life fulfillment work for them, but also know that today's model or approach to the way that society and how we as women are doing it isn't working and it's not sustainable either. So today I thought I would share some of, well, the data as well as some real tools and my observations as well to begin to make the work-life fulfillment work for you and the others that you lead and those who are looking to you for guidance. Hello, I'm Rita Hyland, and you're about to discover what it means to position your business, career, and life to play full out. This show explores the way leaders just like you embrace and achieve their ambition without working harder or grinding it out any longer. So if you want to take your life, business, or career to a playing full out status and do so while being the happiest high performer in the room, then hang with me because this show shares everything you need to know using the best of neuroscience, transformational psychology, and a bit of spiritual wisdom to help you change fast, even when it's uncomfortable or scary, or you failed to do so in the past. All this so that you can enjoy more freedom and prosperity in your business and life. I'm happy you're here. I don't want to get to the end and find out I climbed the wrong mountain or someone else's mountain. When you said that, it hit me hard, Rita. This was coming from a female partner at a recruiting firm who I recently spoke with. And she said that, I'll call her Laura. After she heard that, she thought a lot about what she was doing and how she was doing it. She said she'd spent years getting to this point to gain this title and that her numbers have never been better, but that she's living in a constant state of worry that if the next search doesn't go right, then everything before it doesn't count. How many people and women in particular feel that they have to keep up this hyper-efficiency and productivity and do it perfectly without failure. Otherwise, everything else will be wiped away. Laura also told me that she'd recently lost her childcare provider because the woman had to leave, but then she also, once she replaced with the next one, that that one didn't work out. And she told me that her private wish was that right now, that she be the one present with her kids to not miss the opportunities and the moments in her personal life and to do this without the guilt and the second guessing and the burnout and the anxiety that has characterized her life and so many other women's lives to date. And as I heard her speak and talk to me, I I could feel the pressure and the hustle that was characterizing her days and how her work and life balance were 
off, that there was no balance, there was no rhythm, there wasn't any, you know, even satisfaction in how she was and is approaching things. So this other woman came and spoke to me. I'll call her Jennifer. She described the many balls she has in the air. That is a partner. She's a mentor to many. She has a young family. On the other end, she has parents who are also in need of care. She has work that's exploding. And in moments, she can vacillate as far to the one side of jumping out of the workplace altogether. And then at his other extreme is she wants to do and take on more so that she can do what she knows she's really good at and the work that's going to be a differentiator. She's got a lot of experience and expertise and people and resources, and she has an idea for how to change the way society is approaching one of America's biggest industries. And she struggles with how do you do that when you're consistently brought back into the tactical and into the weeds? And how can she do it and care for her family and personal life at the same time? Is it possible? I'm here to say, as a contrarian to popular belief, there is a way to live satisfied and to succeed without sacrificing one or the other. They are not mutually exclusive. Laura and Jennifer aren't alone. They look like a lot of women, though, that I speak to today. They've established themselves at work. They're looked up to it by their peers, but they are absolutely overloaded. And some of the women that I talked to have considered dropping out of the workplace, as I mentioned, but then also know that they have a real calling to create and a passion to build to another level and to make a bigger contribution, and that they've come this far not to just come this far. Figuring out, however, the balance and how to get there is what they tell me they struggle with. And they worry about the cost that their work may have on their family. And they wonder if they begin to even put certain things in motion to build what it is they desire. What if they can't keep it up? What if it all comes falling down? So I thought today I'd share my observations and my perspective on today's female workforce and their leaders and some of the specific steps for moving from what I call the overloaded hustling female leader to the fulfilled female leader. And both are living in the same world. They're both living in the same time. Sometimes they're even in the same positions. But I'll tell you that the fulfilled female leader is doing it in an entirely different way. I'll share with you what they are doing differently. But let's first start with a glimpse of what's actually happening today for women. 53% of women say they suffer burnout because of work. There are fewer women to fill executive roles than there were two years ago. The pandemic has seemed to exacerbate some of these issues as women have experienced and tasted what it looks like to be able to navigate their better version of work and life balance and satisfaction. So many of them are saying even to me privately that they feel like COVID was the best thing that has happened to them, that they were able to see things differently and from a new perspective that they'd never been given permission or given themselves permission to have before. But this has led to nearly 3 million women leaving the workforce as of February 2021. And I'm certain that number is larger if it would be taken today. Many women are stepping out at a time 
the exact time, in fact, when they are needed the most. So what is it that we know isn't working? Working harder doesn't equal success. We've said it before, if it was true, everybody who worked hard would be successful. That model of performance has been maxed out for years, especially for the women in their 40s and 50s. Am I right? Time management tools don't work. They're, they're, these strategies are still not getting at the crux of the problem. Certainly they help in some ways, but their effect and leverage is nominal at best. The current model is not working. It isn't sustainable. And what we know is what has gotten us here isn't going to be what gets us there. The cost of doing it in the old way, three things. More women are choosing to leave the workforce. Those who stay are arguably forced to focus mainly on self-preservation, just surviving versus personal progress or development. And then the rest, they just burn out and they live lives of quiet desperation. And the bottom line of all of this, without looking and working and really systematizing a new approach to work-life fulfillment for women, is that the individual suffers, then the family suffers, the business and the organizations, they all suffer. This is what we know. So most women working agree that they are on a super fast highway and see no way of taking their foot off the gas without getting run over or wrecking and giving up everything that they have worked so hard to create at this point. It's sort of like the everybody's doing it that way. I can't do it differently is what I hear from a lot of others that I speak with. And if I say that there is one mistake that is being made over and over again, it is that we believe that things outside have to change, that some conditions, someone else has to, to tell us it's okay, someone else has to change the approach, someone else has to you know, step off of pushing the accelerator before we can do it. What I'm here to say is that when we believe that, when we believe that our external world, that something in the external world has to change before we experience a change, we become not only stuck and limited, but we become victims. So the truth is, and this is incredibly uplifting news, is that nothing has to change. Can you believe that? Nothing has to change in order for us to experience the work-life fulfillment we desire. Now, this may seem radical, but too often, I see too much attention being focused on changing external conditions when what's really needed is more attention to look at our own personal blind spots and our own self-imposed limitations. Thank goodness, of course, that this is the case, that the, the change lies within our power because many women can't wait for government to change. They can't wait for the culture to shift. They can't wait for the company's leadership to change the way they're doing things. Many can't step out of the workplace, but many are obviously having the option or saying, crying uncle and saying, I, I'm going to anyway. So how do women create work-life success and satisfaction at the same time? To explain this, I came up with a analogy. I had a flash while I was thinking about this. And I'm going to share a childhood cartoon that I dearly loved to explain it. If you grew up in the 70s and 80s, as I did, cartoons on Saturday morning was a really big thing. Big deal. You remember it, right? I remember my mom would buy two donuts, one for my brother, one for me, Friday evening. And 
I would wake up earliest because I wanted to make sure that my donut had the most icing on it. And I'd get up early and I'd watch cartoons. Now, one of the cartoons, the first one in the morning was called the Super Friends Hour. And the stars were the Wonder Twins. I think their name were like Zan and Jane. They were twin crime fighters, little kids. And what they would do is when they saw the criminals or the villains is that they would put their fists together and say, Wonder Twin Powers, activate. And Jan might say, shape of an iceberg. And then the next one, Zane, I think, would say, form of an eagle. They'd always become exactly what was needed to successfully complete their mission and to be heroic in their endeavor. They activated to become what was needed to stop the villains. So the Wonder Twins, they could take out anything, not in their current form, not in who they were as little twin kids, but from the size and the new form and the new characteristics which they activated and became. The super twins knew they could not stop crime as little kids. As like I said, they had to become something that was needed for the situation and they did it in advance. This is actually brilliant. If you think about it, who knew that our 70s cartoons were so evolved, right? What does this have to do with advancing female leaders seeing a path to work-life balance? Internally activating means aligning your identity, your thoughts and your feelings and your beliefs with your successful desired outcome and doing it in advance. We must internally activate. That is the beginning. That is one of the first steps. I'm going to get specific on what you can do to bring this sort of large idea down. What I'm saying, though, is that we can't become who we are here to be by being who we currently are. We cannot succeed at changing the approach to our success in the workplace and our relationships in our home life and personal world by maintaining the same level of our identity, the same being that we are being. We're not going to do it by willpower force or speeding it up. This is going to be for us to internally activate to make things shift, just like the Wonder Twins did. So it's, you know, I loved going around with my brother and saying, Wonder Twin powers, activate, and then deciding what it was that we wanted to become. The fulfilled female leader does this first. She internally activates by identifying the mountain that she wants to climb. She knows, in other words, what exactly she wants for her life. She designs her life consciously, not leaving it to chance or someone else or when there's time. But the fulfilled leader, it knows exactly what the, her life looks like in its ideal state. And she is not one of the, those who is sleepwalking, really. There's so many that are sleepwalking. There's so many that are tired and overloaded. They're caring for so many. And you and I both know that doing that, caring for others, and taking care of it all, it comes with a cost when we allow this to happen. So the fulfilled female leader does what is most important to her, work that matters. She's specific on it, both at work and home. And the byproduct is that in doing so, she not only amplifies her impact, but she models and she nudges others towards doing the same. And this is really key. It can begin very simply 
with one simple question. What is your dream that you have not accomplished yet? Or what, what are your dreams that you've not accomplished yet? I tend to like one. I like the simplest form of everything. Keep it simple. What haven't you built, created, experienced that you've dreamed of? This is a question every woman in her 40s and 50s should answer in order to thrive in this next decade. Once you've written it down, simply close your eyes and imagine that that dream is fulfilled and how you feel if it was happening with a balance of you and the home and the successful fruition of it at work. I one time, I recently, in the past few days, asked this woman this very question. And she said, I'd be giddy. Giddy. You could see the exuberance on her face. That means that she hit it. We're not given a dream we can't attain. We are never given something that we can't make possible. The fulfilled female leader rising, she owns it. She doesn't lose sight of it. And much like Joan of Arc, oh, I love her quote. She's not afraid of it because she knows she was born for it. There are parts of you, there's something you know it that you are born for. Work that is destined for you to be doing, that you were made to be experiencing. And this is the very first step to own that. The second internal activation process that the fulfilled female leader gives herself is she gives herself permission. She doesn't wait for permission on anything. She doesn't wait for someone else to say she can work with the clients that make her feel alive or to seize an opportunity or wait for someone else to do it first. She doesn't wait or for permission to say no to 100% of the clients that she doesn't want to work with or no to the conferences she doesn't want to attend. She gives herself permission to ask for what she wants and to say no to what she doesn't. There's so many opportunities for us to, as women, to be saying no to things, but we don't think that we have permission. And really the only person that needs permission to be given to them is between us and us, you know? It's you and you. That's all the only person that needs to be given permission. Some parts, people are waiting for permission from their boss to move careers or to move companies. Stop asking for permission from others to tell you something's okay. Quick story. Early in my career, I thought I had to take clients into the evening hours. And I had all these clients, you know, that I thought, you know, if they work all day, they can only work with a coach late at night. Just made it up. Just made it up, and I, but I lived with it. And I had two young children at the time. My husband would come home from work. It was heavy for him. He had to do all the work in the evening because I was physically and emotionally unavailable while I took these clients. Eventually, I desired and designed a world where I didn't, that's not what I wanted. And what was interesting is, is I was an entrepreneur. I was in charge of my own world, but I would not give myself permission to do the thing that I had complete authority to do. So I, of course, said that, oh, that would mean people probably won't work with me. And, and, and I made up stories and assumptions. Well, I just changed it, gave myself permission, set a new boundary, set a new rule, and said, I actually don't take any clients beyond 4.30. It's my last appointment. And no one blinked. And then one day, someone did and said, I can't work with you unless it's after hours. And I said, well, I'm sorry, I don't have hours beyond 4.30. And I respect and appreciate where you're at. And wish you the best. If you change your mind or something happens, please let me know. Lo and behold, five months later, that person came back and, and worked with me. The point being here, it just took my permission. I didn't need to ask for it from anybody else. 
I love this. When I think about it, everything you have in life, you have given yourself permission to have or do. I was looking at it and I was like, yeah, anything that we've given ourselves permission to have or do, we actually get. And conversely, we will only receive what we give ourselves permission to have. You'll only receive what you give yourself permission to have. So if you don't have something, you have not given yourself permission to have it. And the way we know this is because the biggest barrier to creating something you've never created is the mental creation of it, not the physical manifestation. How do we know? Because I'm sure if you look at your life right now, the things that you've wanted, you've created. And the barrier, the blockage is making up that, that you know, oh gosh, what if this doesn't work out? What's the likelihood? I see it every single day. People are amazing manifestors when they get on board and decide. So give yourself and ask the question, what is it that I need to give myself permission to have? That thing that I just wrote down when I internally activated and not acknowledged and named my dream, what do I need to give myself permission to do and to have? And have I fully given myself permission to have that thing I'm talking about? What you really want, when you think about the people that you emulate or that you admire, the thing that they seem to do that you think they make look so easy, to, to them, they don't even think about it, right? It's just like, this is just what I do. It's just what I do. I just talk directly to people. I just, I am extremely candid. It's, it's just what I do that I take care of myself in the morning. It's not, it's not a thought process. It's who I am. It's what I do. Here's the nuance. They didn't get to say no to something because they became successful. They became successful because they said no first. Think about that for a moment. A lot of times we think, well, I could do that if I was this title, if I had this people's support. No, they did it and then they got those people's support and that title. It's completely backward the way we approach things. So the idea here is that it's just what I do is what you want to start to add to your list. Make a just what I do list of the things you want in your world. I just, I go to bed at 10. I don't take calls after six. I schedule a week vacation every quarter. What is it? It's just what I do. That's what you want it to get to. Give yourself permission for those things to become natural to you by giving them and giving yourself permission. Now, the third and final way that the fulfilled female leader internally activates is that she drops the pleasing and performing for others. Now, before you say that's how I provide my value as by performing and pleasing others, I am not talking about stopping doing your work or serving. I'm talking about the way in which you're doing it. That is who you're being while you're doing it. I sort of call it dancing for another. In my own mind, I can say, I'm not going to dance. I'm not going to manipulate you into liking me. I'm not going to please and perfect. I'm going to check in with myself. I'm going to give my best work based on what I believe is true and show up, but I'm not going to do it from a need to be validated, approved. I'm giving you my best work. That is my value. Not telling others what they want to hear or what other others are saying. That is you giving your best value. Now, this takes some work and a building of our own relationship with ourselves. We can't do this if we have, you know, zero self-compassion, love, generosity, grace for ourselves. Because otherwise, what it's like is like just being an addict. We're constantly looking for the external validation to remind us that we are enough, that we are worthy. This is the the internal validation we need to give ourselves. My husband often hears me say things like, Yep, Rita, you did a really great job today. I just I just talk to myself, talk myself up. 
So it, it is really, it's key here to say, I'm not doing this for anyone. This is between me and me. If you're a woman who has played by the books and done everything right, but you realize that there is an intensity, even when you drive to work, begin to acknowledge that your workload's not going to change, that this is a product of your own hyper efficiency and belief that you have to be productive in every moment. Begin by acknowledging that it's not just your workload, it's the work you take on. It's what you don't say no to. It's what you don't give yourself permission to do. That the intensity is a program. It's a habit. It's a default. But that you can, by being aware of it, say, I'm releasing it. I'm not taking that on. I'm not going to become hyper-efficient at getting to the grocery store or a 7-Eleven. There's no need. Be conscious of what is happening. Take a breath. Slow it down. Being overloaded is not a badge of importance. It's actually a form of self-protection. And we use it to distract us from, I believe, our high-impact work that scares us. And it keeps us from making the decisions that support the world and the life that we really want, you know, because we're so overloaded. It's really not sexy to be overloaded, though we have been taught that and we've just model others. I mean, when was the last time you heard someone say, things are running smoothly and I'm feeling, I'm feeling I have plenty of time? calm. You, don't, you just don't run into many people like that. Be part of the change. Model something different. Let's review. There's several ways to succeed at work and live a robust personal and family life. The greatest of these is to internally activate from the inside out, like the Wonder Twins. Who do you need to be in order to be fulfilled in your future? To do this, first give yourself permission. Don't wait, which means give yourself permission to say no, even when it would be more comfortable to say yes. Drop the pleasing and performing for others and instead perform in the way that will please you and then design your life. Know what that is for you. It's time for you to reclaim your power. It's time for we as women to reclaim our power. We are needed in the workplaces. We are needed for this next level and change in our society, the nurturing, the creativity, the intuitive that female leadership brings to the world. The last thing that we need is more people and women leaving the workforce, but it doesn't take and we can't wait for external outside institutions to make the change for us. This is an inside out job. And as one woman makes the decision, other women become brought in and will will see that they have permission to do it themselves, even when they should have permission on their own, we do give permission to others to do the same. Paulo Kahlo says, we don't need your opinion. We need your example. And you didn't come this far to come this far. You and I both know that you have a gift. What you do doesn't come easy to everybody. So don't diminish it. Too often, we as women have some superpower or talent that we say everybody can do that or we diminish it. Deep down, you know exactly what that is. It is absolutely 100% possible whatever it is that you want because we know it's not what we know, it's what we apply, I have a call to action. And that is to not just hear the one question, but to ask it, what's the dream I have that I have not yet accomplished? It's likely the one that you keep coming back to. And what would it look like if you gave yourself permission today to have it? Would you begin to change if you knew it was 100% possible and that your 
family would not have to be sacrificed, but it would actually thrive because you're thriving. I'll be back in two weeks with some actionable steps to help you put your next actions and decisions into motion to create this desired future state that you're beginning to design. I'm going to help you do it so that in a way that will help you experience this reality with less internal and external resistance and with greater ease than your current situation and mindset has allowed. I look forward to talking to you then. Thank you for being with me today. By you listening to this, it tells me you're interested in growing yourself and likely not just for yourself, but to positively influence others as well. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and share this with your friends and colleagues. When leaders like you grow yourself and then grow others, we all are positively impacted. If you have questions, I'm here to answer them and may even use them in our upcoming podcasts. Go ahead. You can send those questions to Breakthrough at RitaHighland.com. Remember, a half version of you is not enough. The world needs the full version of you at play. I look forward to seeing you on our next podcast.